good. And I'm thankful that probably just four short years it's been since I walked into this building. It was February of 2020. And I, I just remember being excited, but also not knowing what to expect. But I just looking back now and just seeing what God has done in my life. I'm just so thankful for the healing, the restoration, the wholeness that he brings in every aspect of my life. And I know that no matter where you find yourself today, no matter where you are in your journey with God today, be assured that he is always drawing us closer to him. That is his will. And whatever's broken, whatever's messed up in our lives, God can turn around. He can. That's his promise. If we give him that opportunity, and I found that in a place like this, I never thought I would be in, 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 back in Wyoming, much less Gillette, Wyoming, um, much less find the Spirit of God like I have found him here in a place like this and the word being preached. And so I'm thankful tonight that God has been so long-suffering with me and, and a restoring God. And I think of the prophecy of Joel and how God said he would restore all that the canker worm has eaten. And all that the locust has eaten up in our life, the years that maybe we have spent wasting our time doing things that now we know are very unprofitable. God's not holding that against us. He actually wants to restore that if we let him. And I believe that a place like this, an apostolic church that embraces the doctrine of God, the word of God, that the, the Holy Spirit is preached here and can work. And I know that if it's not preached, it probably isn't going to be received very well. So I'm thankful from the day I walked in this place that Pastor Carnahan was very adamant virtually every time I came here to receive the Holy Ghost, to embrace a gift that transforms our lives and continues to transform our lives. And I know that the, the, the Christian world we live in, I think, sometimes tries to take the place of the work of the Holy Spirit, but that's impossible. It's a gift from God, and it teaches us really to rely on God. And the good news is that through Jesus Christ, that gift is available. He's done the work. He's paid the price. It's available for all of us. It is a promise in Jesus' name. But tonight, we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit about the bread of life. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to uh, learn or read through your devotionals this week, but I found that this message was very deep. Of course, John chapter 6 is our reference tonight, that whole chapter. It's a, lengthy, a lengthy chapter, I believe, probably the longest one in the book of John, but there's a lot in there. But what I, as I was reading it and I was studying it and I was reading through the devotional, I just realized that, man, what Jesus was doing here is absolutely amazing. So if tonight, if I could just share three points with you uh, regarding this text. So first we're going to read it and then we'll get into those points. So we're going to pick it up in John chapter 6. And if you want to pull that up, brother, uh, we're going to read it together. And it says, John chapter 6 and verse 1. That after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for himself knew what he would do. 
Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. As I read through this, one of the questions that was asked was, why do we worry so much when we know Jesus is able to meet all our needs? So that's clearly, as we read through this, that's, that jumps out at me, that man, God is able to provide, and he clearly has. But the challenge is, why do I worry so much when I know Jesus can provide? And I feel like that maybe we find ourselves in that boat sometimes, even though we have faith in God, right? We've been born again. We're seeking the Lord, yet sometimes we still struggle with that provision that we know God can do it. And, I, and so as I seek out this, as I continue to read, I realize that, there's a, that the answer to that really is unfolding in this very story, that God indeed will provide, and he wants to provide. And I believe that the more we get in his perspective and seeing things God's way, which comes through his word, we start realizing what that provision can look like more and more. But first, and the first point I'd like to, to bring out and share with you that I got out of this passage is being available for God. And, I, and as I read this, being available for God to bless others, right, and let God use us to minister to others, we see that. That jumps out at me in this passage as First and foremost, we see the lad, right? And, and then we see the disciples being partaker of what God is doing here. And so the Bible says, For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. And I think that that passage is emphasized in John chapter 6, that indeed God wants to labor together with us. We, knew, we know as we read this passage that he already knew how he was going to bless all these people. He already knew when he asked his disciples, hey, how are we going to feed these guys? He had the answer in mind. And likewise, we can, we can know that God already knows the answer to our solution, our dilemma, our struggle, whatever it is. He knows what it is. So why do you think he kind of keeps us hanging? Almost, seemingly. What's he doing? And I believe that as he's doing what He's trying to do what we just read, be labors together with us. He's trying to let us know that, hey, I want you to be a partaker of what I'm doing, this work I'm doing in this age called the New Testament age. 
Um, Mark 16 and 20 says this. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Now, this was after Jesus had risen from the dead and had appeared to his disciples for over 40 or for 40 days. It says, and that they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. That's Mark 16 and 20. So again, that point emphasized that Jesus, just like he invited the disciples to partake in this miracle, to feed the 5,000 men, not to mention the women and the children who were there, that's a lot of people. Right. And we know God could have simply just rained down the bread from heaven like he did in the Old Testament. But we see in the New Testament that this new aspect that God, the way he wants to work with his people and that is he wants them to partake of his divine nature. He wants you and I to be working with him to bring forth the message of the gospel to people, to lay hands on the sick, right, to see them recover to, to lay hands and pray people through to the Holy Ghost, to share his word with them he, and see God work miracles in people's lives. We see that. We've seen that in our own lives, right? And it came about because somebody shared with us. So this message that God wants to labor together with you and I is in this passage, John chapter 6, right? Being available for God. So who, when you read this passage or the, what we just read, who in your mind jumps out of you as far as making themselves available for God's use? And there were a few, at least two, that I saw. But first of all, we see the lad, right? He says, hey, I got a couple fishes here and some bread, right? And then we see the disciples distribute them, right? And we know that had to been transformational for these disciples as they're looking at the little bit of bread and fish that Jesus blessed and looking at the multitude of people they had to feed, you know, they're probably thinking, how is this going to happen, right? But as they became obedient to Jesus and as they just yielded to the will of God and did what he told them to do, the fish and the bread kept coming over and over. The people were filled. They didn't want any more, right? So that's how it works. We may not understand the intricacies of that, but that's God. If we will participate with him in this life and take his yoke upon us, we're going to see things like that happen to the people around us. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the, this message from Brother Bernard on Because of the Times, the most recent one, but he talked about how he talked about an apostolic church in Corinth and how um, in spite of all that was going on in Corinth, in that city, that metropolis, the sin and all that was there, right? Someone like the Apostle Paul was, you know, very intelligent, very educated, but himself also fearful, right? And how do we know he was fearful? And this, Because we know Jesus showed up and said, hey, Paul, don't worry, right? I have much people in this city. And I love that message because I believe that Jesus has much people in Gillette, Wyoming, in Campbell County, Wyoming, waiting for what? Waiting for you and I to participate with him to reach them, just to be available like this lad was, like his disciples, to distribute. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. You're right. And how much do we 
receive here in a place like this on a regular basis, right? So if we just make up our minds that, hey, I'm going to be available for you, Lord, right? He can use us in these mighty ways. Moving on, the miracle started when Andrew looked around, right, to see what he could offer Jesus. But it would not have happened the way Scripture records if the lad had not been willing to give the lunch to Jesus to be multiplied. And the multitude may not have been enjoyed Jesus' wonder bread if the disciples had not been willing to serve the multitude. God could have opened the heavens, right, as, we mentioned, as I mentioned before, but he chose not to. So we see willingness here. We see availability, all these things. We see servitude. And that's the message of the gospel. That's the message of Jesus Christ. That is what he is teaching and throughout the gospels. And I, I believe that we have an opportunity, a great opportunity, to take a hold of that in this life, in this day and age, and let God use us. Just yield to him. And that's one of the awesome things that I experience here and that I've, I'm learning to do more is how to yield to God. And that is so contrary and flies in the face of the world that you and I live in, right? That, I mean, we are guarded. This world we live in teaches us to guard ourselves and to protect and to hide, right? And not make too much noise. But Jesus is just helping us. He's trying to teach us to yield. And that yielding to the will of God is where the blessings come, where the transformation happens, where the miracles that we have been longing for can happen. And so I'm thankful that I can come into a place like this and say, Lord, help me yield. And I see people around me yielding to God. And that is a powerful testimony witness to me. So God, help us to continue to yield to you. Jesus, help us to learn, to trust you that, Lord, you're not fighting against us. You are for us. You are here to help us. You are our greatest advocate, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone here listening would learn and just have a desire to yield, to submit, to surrender to you, God Almighty, because you are so good. So God can literally yield and heal everybody of every sickness, right? He could fill every bank account. But is that what God came for? Is that why Jesus came? And we're going to, as we continue to read, um, as I continue to read through that, I recognize that at some point, right, and this is our next point, second point is understanding God's true purpose for our lives. But at some point, as we read in that passage, they wanted to make Jesus a king. Why do you think they wanted to make him a king? Sure. That's a good point. He took care of their needs. They were convinced, as we read, that this must be that prophet that we read about, right? This is the guy, right? But why did Jesus run from that? That's a good, that's a good point. He wasn't done with his ministry, right? And as we read the Gospels, we understand that Jesus made it clear that his purpose was to save Seek and save that which was lost, right? It was a greater purpose. And in their day and age, in the day and age where Jesus was walking around amongst these Jewish people, his own people, they had found themselves, as we know, in captivity again, right? Now under the Roman Empire. So now they see this miracle-working man, 
He fed thousands. This has got to be that prophet. He's going to be our king. He's going to deliver us from the Roman Empire. He's going to save us from this, this Roman Empire that has us subjugated, that's taxing us like crazy, right? They're all up in our business. We have to get permission to do everything, right? And Jesus is now going to deliver us. But that was not his purpose. As we watch this video, consider that point and why Jesus really came. There are so many occasions that I could tell you about how God has provided in a time of need. As a single mother of two girls, there were some difficult times, but God has always met our needs. In many of these instances, He has used others to help me when I needed it. Groceries were brought to our doorstep. Mysteriously, my girls' registration for kids' camp, youth camp would be taken care of, gift cards to restaurants, gas money. He always provided. Then there are times when he helps us, but at that same time, he requires some action on our part. In some cases, he provides a job or opportunity to use gifts and talents that he has given us, which in return will help give us what we need. I was raised on the mission field in a Spanish-speaking country. I adapted very well, picked up the language quickly, and after high school, I went to the university in Costa Rica and received my degree in bilingual education. After that, I taught for several years in a bilingual school there. Long story short, here I am back in the United States. But as I mentioned before, there were some difficult times. Life hit some with major twists and turns. But God used others to bless us in so many ways, and He continues to do so. But there were moments He did not just drop the blessing at my feet. Yet still, when I wasn't quite sure how He would make it, God opened many doors for me to use the talents He gave me. I was going to have to put in some work, but He was still providing. He has given me many opportunities to use my skills for His kingdom. Not only has this met my financial needs, but it's also given me the opportunity to bless others. Sure, it'd be a lot easier if the money would just fall from the sky. It would certainly be a lot less work. Even though I might have a need, I still must make myself available for Jesus to use. Moments like these have helped grow my faith as I learned to completely lean and trust on God. He's never failed me. So when I find myself once again in a time of need, whether it be financial, emotional, or physical, I can remember the times that He has been faithful and know that He continues to be. No matter how He chooses to provide, He is my Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He is our provider. Praise God. And I love her point about just being available for God, you know, and trusting God. How he's going to provide is his own way. But as, as we read the word of God, we can see, we can get glimpses. God shows us how he provides for his people. And there's always faith involved. There's always a, a level of trust that God can do with us. And that's all that God has ever required, just a little bit of faith, right? And he will do what he does best. And I think as we understand on the second point, as we understand God's true purpose, we recognize that, you know, oftentimes we want him to bless a certain way. And if he doesn't, we get a little discouraged maybe. Maybe you've been in that boat. And I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I know I have, right? I pray and I, I, want, I, I ask God for things and it doesn't unfold the way I hoped it would unfold, 
right? But we can be assured that he is listening and he will provide in his own way. And I, I, I share this because I see this in John chapter 6, you know, why they wanted to make him a king because they had their purpose in mind, right? They, wanted, they had their will in mind. But Jesus didn't come to be the savior of, of our, or the king of our little world, right? He, beca- he came to help us comprehend his kingdom better. And we can through his spirit. And that's the difference. So I see that why Jesus took off and went alone. That was not his purpose, to be the king that they wanted him to be, but to be the true king that we needed, that we all now know and understand what he came for. And so I see that, uh, and I recognize that it's so important for me to understand the true purpose of Jesus Christ in my own life, right? And as I submit and I start yielding to God and I start trusting God, he can show me in greater revelation, greater ways why he came. And it becomes more personal to me. And I know that wherever you're at in your journey, you know, that can continue to grow. We can continue to grow in that. That revelation can become greater in our lives. And it's so important that we understand personally why Jesus saved me and exactly what he saved me from and who he really is, who who he wants to be in my life. And ultimately, he does want to be the king in our lives. And, and what that does for me and what it's, how that's helped me is that's given me a greater understanding of the need to surrender my will to his. And that is what Jesus was showing them in this passage. If you continue to read John 6, it's, again, kind of long, and I encourage you to read that tonight. But see where Jesus started out with the fishes and the loaves, and then see where that passage ends, right? And ultimately, he says and makes the, the claim that he is the bread of life. He is the bread that came down from heaven. Um, sometimes we can be disillusioned in our Christian experience. Jesus didn't come, again, to be the king of what we want him to be, but he's trying to help us understand spiritual things, right? And when we get our eyes open to these things, our perspective changes. Our purpose begins to change. What used to be so important now is not all that important, right? And to me, that speaks of having the mind of Christ, right? Being able to say, okay, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus teaches us that and can help us with that. Because on our own, that's, that's something we can't do on our own. We need the help of God to, to surrender this human will that's desperately hanging on, right? And wants to, to, to stay there. But Jesus has made it clear we need to crucify the flesh. Like Paul wrote, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? Once we, once we come into agreement with God, we start seeing that more and more in our lives to be real. The third point I'd like to share with you, and last point, is I will worship Jesus for who he is and not just what he does. When Jesus realized that people were going to try to make him a a king and force him to be a king, he left the crowd as he instructed his disciples to board a boat. He would meet up with them after he climbed another mountain to pray. 
Jesus showed us by example how to surrender our human will to the will of God. And if you think about the garden of, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed, and he knew what he was about to go through, right, to suffer, to be crucified. And we, we read where he says, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And what cup was he speaking of? Suffering, right? But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, right? And we know he told his disciples, hey, don't you know I could pray right now and, and get 12 legions of angels to save me from this? But he said, how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? So we see God subjecting himself to his own word, right? What greater love and what greater example it is for us to yield so so God is here to help us yield up our will. But learning how to trust and worship Jesus just for who he is. And I believe in a place like this, when we worship and the type of worship that happens here and the preaching of the word has brought me into a place where I can start seeing, I just want to be here and worship Jesus for who he is, right? I don't know. There's been times, and I know many of you probably experienced the same thing where you're tired, maybe you're sick, you're struggling, but you come here and you still lift up your hands and you worship God. And that's what I want to grow in. So that as we see, like these followers who some of them were in the multitude of the 5,000, if you continue to read, right, Jesus pointed out to them that some had only followed them, followed him for the fishes and the loaves. What does that mean? What do you think about that statement? You're only here for the fishes and the loaves. Ouch, right? But Jesus always speaks to the heart. And he wasn't trying to shoo them off, but he was trying to help them understand, this is, I've got a greater purpose here. One that's, that transcends your desires in this life. But the awesome thing is when we can learn to submit to God and we can, we, we can start taking joy in the things of God. He can fulfill those desires of our heart. The Bible says that. If we will do that, he will give us the desires of our heart. But our heart has to be in line with his will. That's how that works, right? And so Jesus, uh, as he continued to preach and to teach here, verse 27 of that same chapter, as we're getting ready to close here, he said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And, and, and as you continue to read in verse 30, they said, Therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? So I find that interesting because they had just witnessed the feeding <laughs> of the 5,000 people here. But that just makes me realize that sometimes, you know, God's always doing things around us. Every day's working, right, in our lives. And if we're not seeking to be in tune with him, if we're neglecting prayer, if we're neglecting worship, if we're neglecting his word, we're going to miss a lot. That's what that tells me. And that God can help open my eyes to what he's doing in my life and what he wants to do, right? He can help me to see his will and that, that becomes more important than my own will. And so he continues on as we close here. In verse 38, he said, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, 
but the will of him that sent me. And I believe that that's where Jesus is leading all of us to get to that place where we can make that claim, that statement, and be sincere about it. I'm not saying anyone here is not, but he's always helping us grow in that. And that's the exciting thing. No matter where we're at in our journey, we can find that to be the challenge always ahead of us is to continue to come to to the place of God, to worship him, but let our will be subjected to his will. Lord, what do you want me to do in this life? What can I do to, to promote your kingdom? You know, what needs to, to leave my life? What needs to go so that I can see your perfect will happen in my life? And so he is faithful to answer that, and he's helping us every day to draw clear, closer to him. And so I pray, and I pray that you've experienced this too, that, that as you continue to come here, you find it a little easier each time to surrender to God, to surrender to his spirit. To say, Lord, no matter what I've been thinking, what I've been pursuing, if it's not in your word, if it's not your will, I want to let it go. No matter what I've been doing, what I've been caught up in, whatever I've been holding on to, Lord, if it's not your will, help me to let it go. I've prayed that prayer before, and I I know I will continue to have to pray that prayer because it's just in our nature to start getting caught up in things that just have no spiritual everlasting significance right but he came jesus came to give us eternal life and that's the message i get in john 6 that he is something greater for you people i'm not just here to feed your body right but i'm here to feed your soul i want you to have this kingdom i want you to be able to comprehend it perceive it every day all around you it's all around us right and jesus can help us to see it to live in it to participate in it So if that sounds like something you want to get more involved in, I pray tonight that you make up your mind that that I'm going to do that. If nobody else does, I'm going to do that. So as we close here tonight, I just ask you to close your eyes and lift up your hands. And if you want to perceive the kingdom of God more, if you want to participate and be a laborer together with God in this end-time harvest, Just let them know that in your own words. You can be sitting, you can be standing, however you want to express that to God.